Good morning. Name is Pastor Brown, and we're having our service for this Sunday uh, video that uh, you might be able to uh, share with us in this service. And we pray everyone who's listening that you would uh, give an ear to it. Uh, I'd like to speak to you this morning concerning this time that we've just gone through. And uh, some were still going through it. And this is our past election. For Christians, I want to really ask the question, do we understand that we might be losing our sight of the one who is truly the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, the one who really sits on the throne, and that we might be putting too much power or trust into a position that we think that can fulfill our dreams or our hopes. We are to honor our president and honor all those who sit in high places. And First uh, Timothy 2.2 tells us to pray for those who are in authority and those that are over us. And we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to pray for them that they would carry out the will of God. And uh, what we're expecting from government is to keep a safe society that we might be able to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ without any threats upon our life or threats of imprisonment or anything that would damper the gospel going forth from the government. <clears throat> we're not looking for the government to really be a blessing to us in a sense that they're going to do something great on our behalf as Christians and other people are going to suffer for it. <clears throat> our blessings come from the Lord. And all that we have come from him. And that hasn't changed. It doesn't matter who sits in the White House or who controls Congress or the Senate. For our blessings come from above. And we need to remember that. For the Lord Jesus Christ, as he spoke to John in the book of Revelation, he says to Ephesus, to the Ephesian church, you have lost your first love. Are we losing a love for Christ? Are we losing something that we're looking to man to fulfill, that only God is able to fulfill and God is able to do. We should be participants in government, but we're not against this person or that person per se. We want to pick the best candidate that we can pick. But the church should be silent sometime especially when it comes to a person. The issues we should talk about. The issues we should share, whether they are of God or not of God. Those issues are what we should be really concerned about because they're going to affect the people of God and the people of this great country. But we're not against this person or that person to a point that we are degrading this person or that person. 
such language that I've heard this past election, I do not believe should come out of the mouth or should be the thoughts of a Christian. Our thoughts should be, God, who you want in that office, would you place there? And would you use me to vote according to your will? And we should be praying in such a manner. We don't put our hope in the White House. Our faith is not in the man who sits there. We look far beyond there like Stephen, that God would roll back the clouds of heaven and allow us to see the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And I pray that somehow between this election and the next election for president, if the Lord tarries, that we would set a tone that the church would be silent on the person, but speak to the issues. Why am I saying this? I was reading in the Bigner Journal this article, but the article reads, Where should evangelicals go now? That Trump had lost the election. And the question is, where do we go now? Who do we turn to now? And what we need to realize, our God is God, no matter who's in the White House. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he rules over all. And we need not to forget that. And the church is to be neutral when it comes to who sits in that White House. But at the same time, we are again to speak to the issues, whether they are biblical issues or they are things that will go against biblical principles and issues. We need to be very clear on those things that we speak for or against. But we need to hold fast and it need to be known by the world that our dependency is not upon one who sits in the White House. Our dependency is upon the living God. And we trust in him. And we're going to put all of our hope in him. And we're going to keep our eyes focused on him. Not upon the things of this earth. So in Hebrews 12, he just tells us. And it's good to be reminded of these things. And that's all that I want to do this morning, is remind us where our eyes should be fixed upon and who we should be taking note of. And we want to be able to acknowledge him, that he's going to direct the path of whoever sits in the White House and that whatever comes before us, that we're going to be able to say with no problem that it is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we're going to hold true to that, no matter what. It's going to be our God who's going to see us through every situation and every time period of life. Every season, he is the God that changes not. And we want to keep our eyes focused on him. So in Hebrews 12, he says, in verse 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin that so easily entangles. That entangles is something that weaves itself in and it connects with and it becomes a part of, but it entangles. It's like a sweeper, that brush, it can pick up the linen and picks up strain. And every now and then, it's not doing the job that you want it to do, but you got to take that brush and you got to clean it off and you got to get all those threads out of it and you got to get all that lint out of it. And it will get back to what the main job is to be able to really clean your carpet. But sometimes you got to clean it. And sometimes you and I, we have to be cleansed from the things that our eyes and our thinking takes on in this world. It is not the White House that we should be looking to. That's not our focus. Our focus is far beyond the White House and who sits there. And he tells us, don't allow ourselves to become entangled in these political issues, per se. We talk to the issue, but not about the person. And I have to admit, I'm guilty of that sometimes myself, of talking about the person. But I'm trying to catch myself, because it's not the person. It's the issues. And he says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What does the sin do? The sin takes my eyes off the one who really provides for me. It's the sin that somehow removes me from the thoughts of what Jesus is able to do to the thoughts of what I believe man would be able to do. And in reality, man can't even help himself. Whoever sits in that White House needs the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever is sitting there in Congress needs the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need not to forget that or lose focus on that point, that it is Jesus Christ that we are depending upon. And he tells us, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We have a race to run. Don't get entangled. Don't trip yourself up. Because you're looking to the left and to the right and every other area you're looking at. No. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and him alone. The race is marked out. We have a race to run. But my race is not for the Democrats or for the Republicans. My race is for the will of God. Doing the will of God. I'm running for him. And him alone. And I'm speaking on his behalf. And his behalf only. And that's the one that I want to keep my focus on. Don't want to lose sight of him. Don't want you to lose sight of him. Because man can do nothing for you. But God is more than able. There's nothing too hard for him. And we can take all issues to him in prayer. And we can see him work in all these different issues and problems of man. If the church was to humble itself and to pray and seek his face, he will heal our land. He'll do it. But we got to be a people who are willing not to look at man to solve our problems, but to God who gives man wisdom to solve the problems. 
And he tells us, we have a race marked out for us. And we need to run that race, that Christian race. We need to run that race for the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to run that race of winning people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to run that race of holiness and purity. We need to run the race that God has given unto us to run. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Not on the White House. Not on some political party. Yes, we're involved. And we need to, uh, at times, make choices. And there's been times in my life that I voted Democratic. I voted Republicans. There are presidents that are Republican that I like. There are those on the Democratic side that I like. There are those that I was not so favored or showed favored tourists on both sides. There have been good presidents, bad presidents on both sides. But the knowledge of Jesus Christ oh, surpasses all those individuals. The privilege to serve Jesus and him alone surpasses that of serving a president or a party. Knowing Jesus and serving him is the highest calling anybody can ever have in their life. And we need to revisit that. That if we are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, what a privilege we have. And we need to stay focused on him. Because we can become so entangled in a Democratic Party or Republican Party or this thing or that thing that we lose focus on Jesus Christ. And he tells us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We want to keep focused on the one who is the author. What does an author do? An author writes. An author creates. And that's what Jesus does. He writes upon our hearts. He writes upon our minds. He creates a new life in us. He's doing something new in us. And we don't want to lose sight of what he's doing in our own personal life because what he does in our personal life will affect our community. It's going to affect the lives of others. That's going to affect the lives of our country. There's so much. Now, I want you to turn with me to Psalms 75 because... We have to look anew at what is it that allows us to be sure that Jesus is the one that we're going to look to. And what authority does he have over this thing of putting people in offices and putting them up and taking them down? In Psalm 75 and verses 6 and 7, he says, No one from the east or the west, or from the desert, can exalt a man. No one, no one from the east or the west, or from the desert, can exalt a man. None of us can really put a person 
on the pedestal that we want them to be on. But God is able. God is able to exalt men. God is able to place men in high positions. God is able to give them wisdom and knowledge and discernment for the offices that they hold if we pray for them. See, understand something. As the church, we are to be praying for those who are in high position, in places of authority. We're praying for them, that they will carry out the will of God, and that God would intercede into their lives, and that they will hear him, and they will do what is right in the sight of God. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man, but it is God who judges. He brings one down and exalts another. God brings one down, he exalts another. He removes one and replaces them with another. God is the one who does that. We are individuals who have the privilege in this so-called democracy in which we live. But oftentimes as Christians, we forget God is not running a democracy. He's running a theocracy. He is ruling. He is king. He is Lord. He is the one who is doing. And we need to be mindful of that, that it is our God who is making the choices of who sits where, who runs what, who's doing. He's a sovereign God, and we have to trust him. Yes, he's given us this mind, this brain, as some people will say, to think things through, to deal with issues. But he also imparts truth to us concerning those issues, if we will listen. And if we will allow ourselves to think scripturally and allow ourselves to believe him. God wants to speak to our hearts. And in speaking to us, he'll guide us in the things that he so desires and that he wants. And we'll know to vote for this person or that person. And somebody will say, well, I vote for that person, but they didn't win. Well, you voted, but you voted according to what you believed was right. And that's all you can do. I like what Charles Stanley says. Leave the results in God's hands. Leave the results in God's hands. But you prayed. You looked at scripture. You follow certain guidelines. And that's all we can do. But God will set the person in place that he so desires. Because he taketh one down and setteth up another. And he has a season for each person. President Trump's season was not a wasted time. There was a purpose in it. And the things that he accomplished were only by the will of God. The things that were not accomplished was by the will of God. As Joe Biden goes into office, what will be accomplished will be by the will of God. What will not be accomplished will also be the will of God. For it is God who thwarts the plans of man. And we need to remember that. 
And we need again begin to pray for the incoming president. But we also need to pray for the outgoing president. It's not easy to step down sometime from places of authority. But each man has to know when his time is up. That God has used him for a season. God has used him for a moment. God has used him for a certain time. But then when God is ready to take him down, that he can only say, thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given me, and willingly step aside that the other may step in. See, God is the one who takes one down and exalts another. And no one else is able to do that. And, you know, Daniel knew that. And, and Daniel was able to accept God's will in that whole process. And Daniel went through that thing that he served the king that he knew was not in love with his God. But he served him faithfully. But he understood that the king was only there by the will of God. And you and I have to understand that, that we're only there by the will of God. If we're in any position, if I'm a supervisor, if I'm a foreman, if I'm a CEO, if I'm a director, if I'm in any place of authority over the lives of others, I need to understand it is only because of God's blessing and the privilege that God has given unto us. I pastor only as a privilege that God grants unto me. Not that I deserve it. Not that I'm overwhelmingly capable of performing or doing it. It's only by the grace of God that we sit in places to be able to govern over or to help direct or to shepherd or minister to others is only a privilege given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to recognize that, that it only comes by him and that we move on from there. And without understanding that, we lose sight. We will lose sight of the living God. And we don't want to lose sight. We want to stay focused on him. He setteth up, he taketh down. And Daniel 2.21, he also somewhat agrees with that. And we need to understand, he says, I think, <clears throat> I'm sorry, he changes times and seasons. That's what God does in Daniel 2.21. It is God who changes the times and the seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. It's what God gives and how God blesses. And Daniel knew that even though he served a pagan king and he had the privilege of serving four pagan kings in his lifetime. And yet he understood 
God is the one who gave these men the authority and the rule. But he understood also this, that God would take one down, set another up. And it's only for a time and a season. No king, no person in authority lasts forever. There's a time period. There's a season. And this will soon pass. Sometime for some of us, it can't pass quick enough. But remember, it's in God's hands. And let God perform. Let God do. You keep serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't get your eyes on what's happening with the White House or Congress. And I'm not saying you should not be concerned. You should not be participating. But that's not where the majority of your time, that's not where the majority of your thoughts, that's not the majority in which you're giving yourself over to. But you keep Jesus as the main focus of your life, the main person which you are serving. And you can serve the worst of rulers if the Lord is with you, even as Daniel did. And Daniel knew that God is the one who changes the times and the seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. And you need to understand that. It is God who performs it. And it is God who does it. It is God. But we want to show respect to them. We want to show love to them. We want to pray for them, as Timothy tells us, to pray for those who are in authority over us. We don't want to lose sight of what we should be doing, praying for them, because we're complaining so much we don't pray. And sometimes we can complain about this individual so badly that we don't understand the only way they're going to change is through our prayer, that we pray for them. Why? Back to Daniel 21, he says he gives wisdom. How often do you pray for those who are over you to have wisdom, that they can direct you, that they can give you knowledge and information that's going to be helpful to you? How often do you pray for people who influence your life, that they themselves really have wisdom and knowledge of God? That you can sit and you can talk with them. And that you receive something from them. That you can truly say. Boy that's from the Lord. Oh I needed to hear that. Oh that's something I can chew on for a while. God thank you for answering my prayer. Through what I just heard. And he says he gives them wisdom. And he says. He also gives them knowledge and then discernment. See, we all need that. I don't care if you say, well, I don't lead anything. Yes, you do. You lead one of the most important institutions in the world. It's called the family. The family. If you're a husband, you're a father, 
you have a very important task. You are a leader of a family. And you are to share wisdom and knowledge. And you are to have discernment that you can deal with each one of your children. And also deal with your loving wife. Oh, as a husband, I need a lot of discernment and wisdom. We all do. You are important because you are a leader. Don't think because you're not a supervisor or you're not a foreman or you're not a CEO or you're not a director or you're not this or you're not that. You don't have some fancy title. You have the title of husband, father, and you have a family to lead. And I pray that your wife and your children pray for you. But most important, that you're also praying for yourself. That God would give you wisdom, knowledge, and discernment as you speak to your family and others outside of your home. Because you are a leader. You're as important as that one who sits in the White House. Because you sit in the main house. You sit in the main house. The house that leads a family. Now, I want you to also look with me, if you would, please. Uh, because we need to understand, God sits on his throne. He hasn't advocated. He hasn't quit. He hasn't stepped down. The challenges and the problems are not too great for him. Go to Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 16. Because we need to see that God is still the one that we need to look to. And that he is faithful. And he is God. He hasn't uh, turned that over to anybody else. He is the one who will rule. And he was the one who will guide. And go to verse 16 with me. For he simply says, well, let me get to it here. O Lord Almighty, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubims, you alone are God over all the kingdoms. Now hear this. Over all the kingdoms, over all the nations, over all the presidents, over all the prime ministers over all those who sit in any type of authority. God is over. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. He rules over them all. We don't want to lose sight of that. He is the king over all of them. And then go with me to Psalms 47. Because we need to just refresh our minds that, boy, it is not the president who rules, really. It's our God. And our God overrules him. And we need to understand that principle. That our God overrules the president of the United States. Our God overrules any prime minister, any dictator, God overrules them. 
So Psalms 47, 9, just take a look at it. He says, boy, he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Listen to what our God says. He is the one who will stop all wars. He's the one who will break all bowls. He's the one who will bring it in and cause things to cease. Why? He's God. He's God. And he says, I will be exalted. I will be exalted. And as the people of God, we need to remember that. Not going to exalt Joe Biden. Joe Biden has a job to perform. And yes, I need to show a certain respect for him, for President Trump. I need to show a certain respect because they sit in the office that I understand that only God could place a person. In any place of authority, God has given that person the privilege to serve. And yes, there are some bad servants. There are some bad servants. We see that even in the church. There's some bad servants. But they still serve. Not knowing sometimes they will give an account for their service. And God, he's in control of the times and the seasons. And he is the only one who knows why he allows certain people to be in authority and to sit in high places. And again, he just simply says to us that, boy, he's the one who does that. He's the one who does that. And be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalms 46, 9 and 10. And when you go to Psalms 47, 9, he repeats in a sense. And he says, the nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. For the kings of the earth the presidents, the prime ministers, the dictators, they are all not people of God, but they are all created by God and they belong to God. They belong to God. So let's be careful of who we speak for and against. Stay with the issues. Don't get caught up about the person. Let me close with this. Go to First Peter. Because we are challenged to do something in First Peter 2.13. He challenges us. 
And this is hard. Oh, it's hard for me. It's hard for any of us, especially if you sense any feeling of oppression or uh, of being segregated against or or if you are uh, poor and may not have what someone else has. Um, for many reasons, our emotions begin to guide us and and somehow take over the knowledge that we have. And I think that's what's happened with a lot of Christians this past election. It's not that they don't know God is supreme, that God is sovereign, that God is in control and still on his throne, that he is the only one who should be exalted. But we get caught up with man and what man is doing rather than being caught up with what is our God doing? Why is our God allowing this? What's the purpose behind this that God has in mind? And leaving those results in his hands, but yet looking, looking to what is God doing? What is God doing? So Peter instructs us in this, and we'll close with this. Peter says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake. He didn't ask you to like whoever was in authority. He says, submit to that authority. Boy, that's hard. That's difficult. Oh, that can be troublesome to us. But he says to submit. Why should I submit? Because this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Now, understand. In my submission, he's not saying I don't have a view on this issue. He's not saying that I cannot speak against this issue or for this issue. He's not saying that. But he's saying once something has been stated by that leadership and the leadership and those in authority says this is what it is, he says submit to it. Now, I may not like that. Is not fitting in my life. It may take something away from my life. It may cause me to suffer a little bit. But he says, submit. Well, that's difficult to do. Many pastors, one of the biggest struggles we have is people submitting to leadership. To leadership. I praise God for the few men that he has given unto me to be around me at this time. Because they're not just yes men. They are men who will speak their mind to me. And there are men sometimes that will come to me and say, Pastor, I believe this is what should take place. And I have to give ear to that. Why? As elders... And as leaders in the church, they have a responsibility, the same as I do, to watch over the flock of God. And I thank God that they're able to speak and I'm able to listen. And sometimes I'm a little slow. And they will be the first to tell you, yeah, pastor can be a little slow on things. But I praise God. That he's given me the ability to listen 
and to come back to them and say, you were right. You were right. We need to do this. And I thank God for that. Because I cannot do this job as pastoring on my own. I cannot do it by myself. Yes, I have a seat, but they have a seat at the table also. And they have a responsibility that God is going to hold them to. And I praise God for that. And he says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake, not for your sake. Not for what's best for you, but what's best for God's plan. What's best for God's kingdom? What's best for God's church? He says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. You silence the talk of foolish men. My prayer sometimes, Lord, don't let me be among the foolish men. And I've been there. I've been there. I've said some things I've had to go to the Lord about and say, Lord, forgive me for talking about that person. You placed them in leadership. I am to submit to them. And that can be difficult. I praise God for our denomination. There have been superintendents that I really, really liked, and there have been some that have been a little bit I've had trouble with or didn't care, but God placed them there. My job was to submit. Submit to the governing body that oversees this district, that oversees our denomination. And some people say, well, you're submitting to man. Well, I submit to man based on the very fact that I believe God has placed them where they are. Now, if they tell me to go out and rob a bank to give to the church, I'm not going to do that. Why? I shouldn't steal. Whenever they go against something that is scriptural or scriptural principle, my job is to stand. My job is to stand. Secondly, my job is to warn why I am standing. And it needs to be a biblical principle and a biblical standard. Not just my opinion, but a biblical, thought out, understood, prayed over decision. And as our founder says, A.B. Simpson, here I stand. And I stand on scripture and scripture alone. But God says submit. I pray that we will find ourselves submitting and working on behalf of the kingdom of God.
America is just one little drop in the bucket of what God is dealing with when we look at all the nations of the world and all the people of the world. And as a Christian, I hope we can be an example not just here in the United States, but around the world. That we trust in a God who is able to take a communist leader or a communist country and bring it under the will of the living God. That we believe that a dictator's heart can be softened and that he can really serve the people and he can open up the government where the people are really blessed by the things that the government does. And I pray that you and I will remember not to lose sight of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And our first love will always be towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that we will hold fast to that God setteth up and God taketh down. We are to deal with the issues, but let God deal with the man. Thank you for listening to me. I hope that out of this uh, you're able to receive something and that you can chew on something and you can even see yourself and maybe think differently than how you have thought in the past. I'm hoping that somehow through the things we just talked about that you will see that yes, we are to be involved, but we're involved for the furtherance of the gospel. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to share this into your life. May God bless you. Father, we pray that, Lord, you would minister to us all. And we commend ourselves into your hands and into your keeping. And would you order our steps? And would you give us, Lord, scriptural thinking? Give us the mind of Christ. That we do not get caught up with the things of this world. But, Lord, we're caught up with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're caught up with working on his behalf and serving his kingdom. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Godspeed. God bless. Thank you much. Bye-bye.